but I think that's a decent spot for Rodgers, and uh, I don't think he's going to come back to the Packers, and I'm excited for what Jordan Love can do for my franchise going forward. Oh. Zach Wilson, because they might he might come back in the trade. <laughs> I don't want Zach Wilson trying to sleep with my coach's wife. <laughs> you would definitely cuck Lafleur. That's a fact. oh yeah, I could see Lafleur so a handsome cut though. Guy. Yeah, it was just exactly no, why he would be yeah. a cut guy. He's yeah. not Rob Ryan or whatever. Yeah, Lafleur's like oh whatever, have her. I'll find a new one. Yeah, he's <laughs> kissing himself in the mirror. <laughs> It is episode 152 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire. It's your boys, Hayden and Jevin. And we brought back our cheese head, tasty boy, Corey Latondre. How's it going, Big Tasty? How we doing, buddy? We're doing great. We're having a great day. We're having a good time. And I'm happy to be here to talk about sports with my buds. How's your, uh, how's your week so far? Quick recap. Pretty great. Pretty great. Work's been good. Someone brought in Funfetti cake because it was someone's birthday. So I had a slice of that shit. Mm, that was, yeah, it was great. It was a great morning for me. And I only had one one slice, pretty small slice. So wow. it's win-win for me. Wow. Proud of myself. God damn. Satisfied your sweet tooth and kept the calories down. That's right. I, did I shove the rest of it into my pockets <laughs> for later? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I only ate part of it now. <laughs> Just like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's but, good. It's good. It's a good week so far. It's a good week. How are you guys doing? You having a good time? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Aid? I went to the gym today. Uh, Ooh. Five times, 10 days. Uh, Jeff and I have a challenge where um, we each challenge ourselves for goals for the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I challenge myself to lose 50 pounds because I'm a fat fuck. And I broke it up into quarters. So by like every quarter, you need to have a certain amount done. Jeff chose being sober. I chose obviously losing weight. And I have to get to 12 and a half pounds lost. And I'm at nine. Maybe after today, I'll be at like around 10. And I have eight days left. So I've kind of taken a little bit chill for the first month. But I mean, you got to go Christmas, Valentine's Day. And all that shit. So I gave myself an excuse. Uh, but I'm going to Mexico uh, on the 21st of April. So I got to gotta lock down this bod. You know, got to eat going right. By oh, yeah. I mean, don't really have anyone to get off at like the time that I want to get off at. And I just go to like the recreation center. Since I'm off early, no one's there. Yeah. And I did legs today. And... I was like, you know what? I haven't done legs in a while. I'll just, my squat, I'll uh, put 35 on each side because I was able to do 260 at one point. Mm -hmm. I did 10 and I went to do my next set and I reached down for my water bottle and I was like, huh, I just can't move. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my my legs (laughs) fucking hurt. (laughs) Like my hammies inside are just... Oh, they are definitely overworked, but you know what? It's like 
I, I didn't and underpaid. Uh, honestly, fuck. I didn't think about it because I'd been doing like arms and back, obviously leg day, dreaded day, but I've been doing like arms, back, shoulders, whatever. And I haven't cramped yet. I haven't felt bad. And I'm like, why? But then I remembered, I'm like, oh, I'm doing cabinet making. I'm lifting with my arms. Not really a lot with my legs. I'm just picturing that it's like a family guy thing, I think, where Stewie's got teddy bears and he's lifting the weights, but it's just teddy bears <laughs> on the end. It's just hanging at the gym. I don't know why I'm not getting sore yet. I'm pumping iron like it's nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Insert any sort of weightlifting compilation. Stewie on steroids, yeah. SpongeBob with those buff ass arms in the uh, lifting competition. Yeah, that's right. Hoping yeah. to look like the lobster by the end of it. Like, yeah, <laughs> big old Larry. Mm-hmm. Fuck it all. After yeah. The, yeah, after the Mexico trip, you'll be red like the lobster as well. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. Milk man. No, I already got. <laughs> I've already got my SPF 100. Okay, so it's uh, it's like, not dump happening. his milk on his head. That'll up real good. <laughs> I love that story when I tell it to everyone because everyone just sees it as a normal thing. Because, like, where the fuck else are you supposed to pour the milk? Okay? (laughs) No one's going outside of the pool and just pouring milk on themselves, okay? (laughs) Here, try this. Thanks, lady. (laughs) She was probably like... And then immediately rinses himself in the pool, though. Yeah. (laughs) Well, gotta get this milk off me. Fucking hell. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I didn't want to do it anyways. She just said... Do what it. a great trip, though. Do so, it. That was fantastic. <laughs> Miss it every day. Yeah. Oh, every day. It was actually seven years ago or six years ago today, guys, that we came back. Wow. Yeah, That's I just got the Facebook memory about it. I was like, God damn. What Vera a trip. dare woe. Vera. That's right. Vera dare woe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Corey. We don't have you for a long time this episode, so we're going to get started. We're going to recap the NHL trade deadline. Some of the major moves, of course. We're not going to waste your time with the little rinky-dink ones. But Jacob Chikrin has finally been moved. Now, the trade deadline itself was pretty fucking boring because there was about 44 trades that happened prior to the actual deadline day. So all the big pieces were basically moved before the deadline. So Duffy and the boys didn't really have much to talk about on the day itself, but Jacob Chikrin, that saga is now finally over. He was traded to Ottawa um, for a 2023 first, a 2024 second, and a 2026 second. Um, I got to say, I'll summarize my opinion real quick. Ottawa won dummy this trade by a mile. I think their future is set up very nicely with this. And Arizona... Very underwhelming after having him on the trade block for two years. I think they could have done much better elsewhere if they just retained some money, but they decided they didn't want to. Uh, but, boys, what are your thoughts? Corey, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on the chicken deal? Chicken trade. Trick, chicken, trick or treat. Trick or trade. <laughs> I think, obviously, he's a, he's a good defenseman. I don't. I, I, I never thought he was like a number one guy. And I think that was like the talk for a while. And then that's what the Coyotes wanted to return for. Like he was like a legit, like this is a look out. Uh, I still think he's great. Like a guy who can like really lead your second pair or could be your number two guy. If you want to make like a great first pair, 
Um, so yeah, it's great for Ottawa for like the mold that team's in that he's still a pretty young defenseman that can step in and kind of watch that team take the next step. Awesome. The return for Arizona, a little underwhelming. Um, I like the weird thing the NHL has done now over the last couple of years where it's like, you saw like the third team in on holding money back for teams, like a broker. That's a new thing in the NHL. And then now seemingly this year, I don't really remember it being like last year or before was teams trading late, like the NBA, like you're trading picks that are like three or four years down the road. Yeah. And usually it was like this year or next year. And that was all you'd ever see in the NHL. And now it's like, Hey, we'll give you a 20, a 2026 second. You're like, it's 2023. Like that <laughs> yeah. guy's not going to, and the NHL is different from most leagues, especially like a second round pick first round pick top 15. That guy's probably going to play in the, like within two, three years, max most of the time. Right. Yeah. But a second round pick, you don't know. Usually yeah. those guys take a little bit of time. You're going to take a guy in the second round in 2026, and he's not going to play for you probably at least until 2028. Yeah. You're like, so it's like, hey, we'll give you this pick for a guy that you can maybe play on. You might see him in your lineup in five or six years. That coach won't be there. That GM probably isn't going to yeah. be there. No, no, no one on that team's going to be there anymore. Especially Arizona, no one's going to be there. <laughs> no one. That the team will be there. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it, uh, that's just a weird thing that I kind of noticed lately. But the the move itself, I like it. I like it for the Senators. For the for the Coyotes, it's fine. You know, yeah. I don't think it's awful. You're getting a first round pick back. Um, two seconds, like the value. I think yeah, could they have pushed for like maybe gotten a prospect who was a little bit closer to playing? But I just don't think Arizona wants it. I think that team wants full futures just to hit the cap floor next year yeah and just like tear it tear it down no so, yeah underwhelming a little bit for arizona especially like the two-year wait made it so lackluster if they made this trade a year and a half ago he'll be like well yeah a first and two seconds seems pretty fair but yeah. after all this time they're like nope we're not moving them unless it's for a king's ransom not gonna happen not gonna happen and then it's like we all you got was an extra second compared to like what the Canucks got Ronick for. Yeah, exactly. Aiden, what about you? Yeah, no, it was very underwhelming for especially how long he was on the block, like you were saying, right? It's just like, oh, yeah, you talk a big game about it, but if you retain maybe a little bit, you know, that 2026 second may have turned into like a 2024 second or like anything better. But, no, they wanted to completely dump him off. So, I mean, I get it, right? But at the same time, it's just cool. Like, yeah. you're you're not doing anything, Arizona. You're just leaving all of your good players to hang out and dry out and trade for, and you're not doing a thing about it. <laughs> so... Uh, I was off on the Chikrin trade about when and team, but he was traded. But I did nail that he would move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Corey, uh, you yeah. mentioned the Hronix trade, so we may as well pivot to that. Uh, Vancouver made a very shocking trade. Uh, basically shocked about Every single person on planet Earth, uh, Darren Drager, went to Canucks 
Uh, even like Toronto media was talking about this trade. Um, a bunch of people like Darren Drager, Friedman, the whole works. They were like, what? Um, okay. Like I was very surprised this happened. Uh, Vancouver acquires 25 year old defenseman, uh, Phil Peronick and a 2023 fourth round pick from the Red Wings for a 2023 first. It's the New York Islanders conditional first that they got in the Horvat trade and the Canucks 2023 second. Now, I had a lot to say about this. I was like, fire the whole fucking front office. Like, this is ridiculous. What are you guys doing? Right when you thought you, right when you had us happy and like, yes, we're going in the right direction, you pull the fucking rug right out from under us and you go back to your old ways. Um, it's so weird for a 27th place team to trade for a win now piece. I just think it's kind of weird. It's just a matter of like, I'm so confused with what this team's plan is. Um, but the player, nonetheless, Philip Ronick, I think he's a very, very good player. I think it is the right price for the player, but I just don't think the timing is right for Vancouver to make this deal. I think we should have kept as many 2023 picks as possible because of how deep this draft is and i think any pick in the top 40 can a second round pick is good enough to possibly be a top 20 player in this in any other draft um so i think keeping as many 2023 picks and then maybe setting up for a fast forwarded rebuild or retool next year fine but I think this year I wanted as many picks as possible to build our prospect pool and then maybe get some more win-now pieces next year. But we got the right player we needed, a right-shot defenseman who is young and a good two-way player, hopefully. Uh, he's having a really good year this year, but I don't know. I just think the timing is wrong. And once again, Canucks management is rushing it. But... uh. Hayden, I'll go to you first this time. Uh, you texted me this because I had my Twitter <laughs> notification off and my I was genuinely speechless. So um, what are your thoughts on this deal? Oh, literally, it, when you think everything's going right, the Canucks just make you feel uh, make you feel like right in reality again. It's like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> Can't have anything good. And that's what it was. When I saw the trade, I was working. I'd just been on my knees for fucking like hours on end, putting on uh, cabinet faces. And all of a sudden I see that shit pop up on Twitter. And like you said, Jeff, all the media, not even just Canucks media was talking about it. And that's how fucking stupid I think this was because we're like you said, we're not in a position to win. Like this was a, a Ronick going to a, a win now team, paying that price. Perfect. Ronick going to a bottom six, bottom seven team for that price. Are you fucking kidding me? And then I was like, okay, surely it's because we're doing something at the de at the deadline. Surely like Besser's getting moved. Miller's getting moved. Something's getting moved to get a first round pick retained. Nothing. 
nothing. And it just makes you feel like, what? Why? Why aren't we? Why aren't us three managing this team right now? Like, yeah. do they not? Do they not have any PR team saying like, "Hey, you guys aren't really good with like the social media like yeah. <laughs> aspect of it," or you guys aren't really making fans want to come watch your games? You know that, right? Like, Ronick's still injured. <laughs> He's not gonna be like in for a couple weeks. Which because on- they don't want to rush him back. Which honestly, like, if we traded for him, I'm happy he's still injured, be injured as long as possible so that you don't make our defense better. Yes. Like, <laughs> like I wish he you all the best. help on the back end. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, Corey? Okay. Here, in defense of the Canucks, right? Philip Ronick is immediately this team's second best defenseman, right? <laughs> like, it's not close at all. Everybody else in this team fucking sucks, right? Quinn Hughes is awesome. And then you have, like, Ethan Bear should be a bottom pair defenseman. Like, a, he looks like a decent number five. Can play in your four if you have to have him. 100%. Dermot, bottom pair slash scratch level defenseman. Breezebois, same. Burrows, same. OEL, washed. Tyler Myers, not good. Tyler Get Myers a good is a hit. bottom pairing bottom pairing defenseman like if tyler myers was your number five you're okay you're, yeah. you know you're playing him certain minutes you're playing him for like 16 minutes a night you're like go out there you big lug do some yeah. stuff hit a guy and get a penalty because you're big right <laughs> but the rest of the team is trash so i get why you bring chronic in he is a fantastic two-way player who has good offensive ability he'll be able to run power play two without being a liability five on five at all. He'll be able to anchor your second pair. You could play him with Quinn Hughes, but it seems moot because Quinn Hughes makes anybody he plays with look decent. So you don't need to play him there. You play him on your second pair. All of a sudden you've pretty much fixed your middle pairing. As long as the other guy doesn't suck. If he's on a black hole and he can be like decent, if you can get like a okay, number four, you'll be okay on your second pair. It'll be probably a good second pair. I think he's that quality kind of player. And I don't think he's necessarily a, a, a win now piece. He's 25. He's under club control neck. Like he has one year left and he's under club control. He's going to cost the Canucks a lot. He He's going to come in somewhere between six. And if he has a great year, seven and a half, like that's where he's going to, he's going to make Tyler Myers OEL money because he's actually a number two defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, a, and it should be a fair payday for him. So he's not like, he's not an upcoming UFA. He's not, 29 years old. He's not a piece that pushes you like we just needed this guy and then we're going to compete for the cup. He's not like a desperation ad. Like this team has added so many times over the last decade, right? He's not Louis Erickson, right? It's not a guy that you're bringing in being like, come on. You're like, he's 30, Uh, right? He's young. He is. He's just entered his prime, especially for a defenseman, right? Like these guys, 23-ish, 23, 24 is when they kind of really kick off. So you should have four to five great years left out of this guy. Maybe more if you can extend his career, you know, whatever. After you get to 30, it's kind of crapshoot. So I get it. The defense is this is the worst, worst part of the Canucks. It's their now down the middle is not great because Miller's sort of mm, at center. But the defense, everybody knows, right? If you... This team, and I know we all want to rebuild, right? That's what we think would be best, right? 
but mm-hmm. we're not running the team. The management has come in and said, no, we think that we can get this thing back on track two to three years. You're like, okay, if that's, if that's the angle this team wants to go with, then Philip Kronick is a great piece to bring in because he will make your team that much better next year. Now, they're over the cap for next, or they're a million under the cap or something next year. They have to clear out wingers because they have a hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> so you're hoping that some guys can rebuild some value. So I, I get the move. Would I have preferred that they made this move in the off season when you knew what that pick was going to be? Yes. Right. I don't like Iserman's a great GM. So maybe he was telling them that like, Hey, if you don't take him now, you're not going to get him." but that's stupid. He wouldn't not, he wouldn't be available at the trade deadline and then not before the draft. Like no one's just going to take a guy off the shelf like that. Yeah. So the Canucks should have waited, I think, to make this move or at least put a condition on the Islanders pick that says like, Hey, if the Islanders defer their pick to next year, it becomes then Vancouver withholds the right to do a pick swap with their pick. So you'll either get Vancouver's 2024 or the Islanders 2024, whichever is lower or high, like the worst pick, right? Like something because that Islanders pick is a, is a mystery box, you know, a boat's a boat, but this pick could be anything. It could be a lottery pick in 2024. You don't know. Maybe the Islanders make the playoffs and it's the 20, second over ends up being 22nd overall and then who cares right you're either hoping the islanders to do really really well or to do really really terrible and keep that first round pick this year and laying it over into the next year that's the thing if they lay it over right so the islanders go let's say the islanders miss the playoffs and they have the 11th overall pick and they're like we're keeping this pick the 2024 pick is the one for next year like okay well now that pick who knows? Because if the Islanders bought him out because the average age on that team is like 30 fucking two, like Bo Horvat's the second youngest player, I think, on that team, or at least for their forwards. It goes Barzell and then Horvat. Horvat's about to be 29 or 28. Like he's not young. Yeah. So if that team falters and all of a sudden they miss the playoffs, let's say Ilya Sorokin gets hurt, right? They're hooped. So that team finishes with the sixth overall pick wins the lottery next year. Now, all of a sudden they get the first overall pick. How dumb do the Canucks look? Yeah. So dumb. Why they couldn't put a condition on that pick blows my mind. Like it's stuff like that where I go, I don't have that much of a problem with them bringing Hronik in because it's such a huge instrumental need. And the Canucks have zero defensive prospects coming up. Who's Jet Wu, right? <laughs> like <laughs> they don't have anybody defensively in the pipeline that can that within the next like two to three years looks like they can fill a top four spot on the team. So you're not going to sign a guy in free agency. You're going to have to trade for someone. They rarely become available on the market at 25 or under for a legit piece. So I get it. I don't have a problem in that vein because that's what the Canucks are trying to do is compete. They're not trying to strip it down to the studs and go, we're going to from nothing. They're like, we have a core in place. You know, we have, they signed Kuzmenko who they believe in. They have Pedersen who they believe in. You've got some other forwards that you're kind of like, okay, maybe this, maybe that, maybe Kravtsov, maybe Ratu. Um, and then on defense, they're like, well, we have Quinn Hughes. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay. They're like, we need somebody else two legit top four defensemen. You're like, Hey, that's something that's 
you know, if we can sign a stopgap guy and then maybe they can sign that Jake Livingstone kid out of the NCAA, you're like, maybe he can kind of grow into a piece for us. So I get it on their timeline. It's just the timing of it and not even so much like the timing of rebuild versus retool, just the timing of why couldn't you wait two months through three months, whatever it is to make that trade or put a condition on the pick to, to cover your ass. Mm -hmm. That's all you had to do. But instead it's just like, well, here you go. Hopefully, hopefully this pick doesn't turn out to be anything great because yeah, if it's a 20, if it's the 24th overall pick and then two second round picks, who gives a shit? I don't care how many second round picks the Canucks make. I know that like there's a decent chance that a guy makes the NHL from the second round, but if you're using a second round pick to get a number two defenseman all day, trade it. I don't care. Trade it. He's 25 years old. He's under club control. Your second round pick is a crap shoot regardless. I know it's like, that would be the 40th ish, whatever, somewhere between 40 and 45 overall pick this year, but eh, whatever. It's a fair price. I don't think they got hosed on the value. I just wish they would have done it a little different. Tweak it, tweak it. Yeah. And that's, I think that's something we can all agree on. Yeah. And I think that is like the right price for a right shot top four mm-hmm. defenseman. Um, but it's just like the 2023 draft is like so deep that like I think that your chances of finding diamond in the rough in the second round is a lot mm-hmm. higher than past drafts. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad um, draft where it's like, oof, 40th, who's this guy? He might go yeah. 85th overall, who knows, right? Yeah. I, I'm with you. I get it. This so, year's a shit year to have to let that pick go. But what are the odds that that pick becomes a player anything like Hronik? Yeah, Not great. And as soon as we traded for Hronik, I think immediately JT Miller trading him was out the window because – why would you trade for a retool piece like Heronic? Obviously, like like you said, it's like a need that we needed to fill. But if you were so focused on rebuilding and stuff like that, then like you would have um, tried to maybe find a cheaper option in the offseason to stop gap for to build your prospects up. Mm-hmm. But Heronic is a piece that you want to get now so you can retool and try and push next year so trading jt miller i think is out the window because alvin and rutherford are like so in love with them i Where think it's he, like we're not going to trade them if we're trying to retool kind of thing so i think their focus for the deadline was like filter out as many wingers as we can to clear cap because we're at the we're there again so i think that uh I don't think the Hronik move made them not trade Miller. I think they're like, if you look at the Canucks, what do the Canucks need the most? You're like, they need another, at least one more top four defenseman, a number three center, and maybe a second line center. Like those are the three pieces they need, which are big pieces. Yeah. If they don't move Miller by July 1st, because they can, you can get off this contract. The guy is still an 80 to 90 point player, right? His, and it's, it's it's not even like the the value of his contract for the first three, four years is legit. Like, that's fair, right? So you can, I think they can get off of him without retaining money if they want to, in the, especially in the offseason when you have 31 other teams to deal with that would legitimately try to get him. If they don't move him, it must mean 
that Rutherford, Alvin, and Tockett think that he legitimately can be their number two center. Because if, if he's not the long-term plan at number two, you have to move him. Yeah. Because you cannot afford to have, with the way that the Canucks cap is currently set up, you can't afford to have him be an $8 million second-line winger. Because mm-hmm. your second-line center is going to cost you four to $7 million, depending who and how you get them. Maybe you get a young guy who's on a cheaper deal for now. But that's going to cost your third line center is going to cost you a few million. Cause there's not anybody in the system that you can come up and plug in to play. The Canucks don't have any good center prospects. Like who's going to play center. Even in you look at college, you're like done as a, a winger. Yeah. Kraftsov's a winger. Pod Colson's a winger. Hoglander's a winger. Lekaramaki is a winger. They don't have anybody at center. So they have to trade for a center. If they don't think Miller is that guy. And I think, that's the decision they have to make. If Miller is still here by July one, that means the Canucks brass is going. He is. That's our guy. Pedersen, Miller, one, two. At three, who knows? Maybe Ratu is ready next year. Maybe they bring a stopgap guy in. Whatever they're going to do, maybe they can trade with one of the wingers for a, a center who's like kind of equal, like a Besser for a center sort of thing. Maybe yeah. the center's not quite as good as Besser. Whatever. But I think that's the only way they keep him. If they go, he's not our guy. At, for, if we don't want him to be a center, we don't think that's where he ex- excels. I think they move him. Yeah. Cause it, it's insane. It's insane. If they keep him on the wing at 8 million, when they already have Garland at five, Besser at six and a half, Kuzmenko at five and a half, you're like, that's a lot of Pearson at three and a half. If he plays next year, it's like, it's just, there's so much money they have to try and get off of. McKayev as well. McKayev, and McKayev yeah. at four, almost five, right? Four, seven, five, I think. Yeah. Um, so you have to move some money. If Miller isn't your guy at center, if that's the decision you make, you have to trade JT Miller because you can't, we, they cannot afford to keep him at eight on the wing. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. That's a One, fair point, 100%. We, Lazar was a center, right? Yeah. Yep. Fourth line. That, but like, we paid him not like a fourth liner, which was like surprising in my Didn't eyes. Didn't they pay him like, like a million? Yeah, just a million. Right? Ish. Just I thought three, it was more than a million, no? No, it was just three years of mil each. Yeah. Oh. It was a decent price. And hey, they got a what a fourth round pick for him? Yeah. Third, fourth? Yeah. Fourth, I, I think. fourth round. Which is that's but solid. Like, I was surprised anybody wanted it. <laughs> he was didn't yeah. he, did, he made like no impact this year, I don't think. Yeah, he was. I like this. I like he the was signing. really good on faceoffs, though. Like he was mm-hmm. up near like 60, 70 percent some games. Yeah, I was because he's a local kid that they signed to a three year deal and then moved. It was sort of surprising. Yeah, especially because he's not like a his replacement. You're going to only save a couple hundred K, maybe. Right. So like I, think, I didn't like, see the point of getting rid of Lazar when we need centers and we don't need wingers. Like, yeah, he's not going to be the top guys. Right. But. He was fucking good against anyone that he went against. I think it's because they looked at it, the offer of a fourth round pick. They were like, we can just sign another guy in free agency to be a fourth line center. Like you can find bottom line guys in the minors if they want to bring somebody up or if they find somebody up. Like it's an easily replaceable piece that, hey, if you're giving me a fourth round pick for a guy that we signed for nothing who plays nine minutes a night, sold. I'll take it. If, if someone was offering like a sixth, I'd be like, I'd rather just keep them. Keep but a fourth yeah. round pick is a legitimate enough 
sweetener even to like add if to a piece if you're like hey we'll give you garland and a fourth for like something small like you know what i mean like it's something that can kind of help them move along a little bit see and that's that's the type of moves that i don't understand why the canucks haven't tried to do right because you look at garland and you look at besser you look at all of your outstandingly paid wingers why don't you just try and package them for like a future because there's such a big cap hit and you have so many of them. Like, I think they are, they're going to definitely try to move some guys. What I'll, what I'm surprised by so far, and it's only been a couple of games and you, they still have 19 games left, 18, 19, something like that. You're not going to move Kuzmenko, right? No, he's locked in for next year. They've done a great job of showcasing Beauvillier, who, again, is going to need a raise off his four and a half with <laughs> another guy that we have for next year. Yeah. Um, is good. Like after next year, if he keeps this kind of pace up, he's going to make more than four and a half. So they've showcased him. Maybe they trade him in the offseason. I would really like to see them elevate Besser and or Garland to Pedersen's line to juice those numbers a little bit. Yeah. Right. When you see like Garland on the third line, you're like, isn't that kind of a waste right now? Like, <laughs> yes, it is. this it is a guy is. who you are trying to move <laughs> that you want to show teams like, hey, look, given the right opportunity, this guy can put up points. Why isn't Besser on power play one all the time? Yeah. Like try and mm-hmm. juice. He's had decent five on five numbers. His power play has been shit this year. Right. So why don't you have like, him on any power play that you can? Like that should be the mandate to Rick Tockett is like, hey, the rest of this season does not matter to us we don't care how we finish like you could lose every game and we're not going to fire you like you know what this is mm-hmm. they should be like what they when they got they traded stillman when they like juiced his numbers a bit like showcase him <laughs> a little bit be like hey given the right opportunity this guy can look okay and someone's like oh sounds good <laughs> do the sure. same thing like you're you know you're moving like everybody and their mother knows you're trying to move brock besser Brock's trying to leave here because he's like, I want to get out. I want a fresh start. Other teams know his agent's been talking to other teams. The money's a little bit too high to make it work apparently. So go out there and make the money look better. Yeah. Like give him every opportunity to shine, to score, to put up the points, baby. Because when you don't, you're just shooting your own self in the fucking foot. Yeah, because right now we're in a position where we're going to have to retain money on that contract. But if you put them in positions to prove to other teams, mm-hmm. prove to other teams <laughs> that he's back to his rookie it. self exactly. or whatever, then people are like, no, nah, it's fine. We'll maybe lessen the deal slightly, but we won't make you retain money kind of thing like, yeah. like that. It'll like if, help the Canucks immensely. If they could get Besser to like, look like how he looked like in his rookie season before all the injuries and stuff. Oh, if, if you had that Besser right now on this contract, the Canucks wouldn't even be trying to move him. No. Right. We we want McDavid in return for him. A team would (laughs) gladly take him at that money. If you can show them, be like, no, he still has it. Our team is just shit. (laughs) Yeah. Shit for a few years. Like he's just morally dejected at this point. Yeah. Like he just needs a fresh start. And so it's, it's stuff like that where I'm like, come on, like, play the like don't do this don't kuzmenko you know is going to be here next year 
see him play him with anybody else who cares yeah. play him with Sheldon Dries and be like can he perform without Pedersen let's find out <laughs> because it doesn't matter how you he looks to other teams they're not going to trade him yeah he plays 100%. too well with Pedersen he's that guy's number two guy like that's oh, the yeah. pair on the first line so drop him for the rest of the season at the fucking third line and try Kravtsov try Pod Colson Try Besser, try Garland, move all these pieces up and be like, let's see how it works. Give them all five straight games with Pedersen. Why not? Why yeah. not? No, yeah. 100%. I agree. Um, We're going to get moving to another very polarizing trade that went down. Um, It was subject to maybe some controversy and made some noise in the market, but the, the LA Kings trade Jonathan Quick, a 2023 conditional first round pick and a 2024 third round pick to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Gavrikov and Jonas Corposalo. Uh, Jonathan Quick was obviously very, very offended by this. He was disappointed in the Kings for treating him like this and kind of disrespecting him and all that and what he's done for the team. Uh, so then he basically said, I'm not fucking going. Um, and then Columbus was like, all right, we'll trade you to Vegas for Aiden Hutchinson and a 2025 seventh round pick. So Jonathan Quick is now a Vegas Golden Knight after his very short stint in Columbus. Um, what are your thoughts on the trades, boys? The whole situation of Jonathan Quick? Whatever. Blue Jackets legend, Jonathan yeah. Quick. Yeah. I saw I saw a thing that's also said Columbus never even wanted quick. <laughs> like they just tossed him in. So I couldn't imagine being Jonathan Quick and hearing all of those reports and all the whispers in your ear about that shit. And the fact that he didn't even leave LA because he's like, I'm not fucking going. Yeah. He basically just said to Columbus, trade me because you're not getting me for the rest of the season. And Honestly, I'm I'm kind of all for it. The way that you were just absolutely treated from LA, talk your shit. And he absolutely did. And now he's going to an even better situation where I think he could absolutely become a star for the Knights. Not like the Knights have, what, five goalies on their roster now or something like that. <laughs> but he's definitely going to be up there and could even you know, rocket launches trade value in the off season. Cause he still yeah. has like two years left. Right. Or something Fisher, like that. Fisher's on the final year of his 10 year deal. Oh, um, he's on the final year. Oh, fuck it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, free agency on, might be nice to him then. Yeah, he's on the final year. Um, If I had to think, I think he's on the cusp of retirement, but this gives him a chance at one more kick at the can. And he's definitely in a position where he can maybe fight for that backup role. I still think it's Logan Thompson's to lose, but also he gets hurt every fucking five hours. So uh, there's definitely room for quick to get some playoff time. And I'm definitely hoping for an LA Vegas matchup, but Corey, what are your, what's your thoughts on the whole uh, situation? First things first. John Quick has been ass all yeah. year. Like he has, he's was so bad. They were like, well, Phoenix, go play. We need you to play quite a bit. Like he was just bad this year. 
Um, and LA is a decent team. So it's mm-hmm. mostly on quick that like, he's just old, he's old and he's slowed down and he's not as good of a goalie as he once was. I get why he's pissed, <laughs> right? Like you, you're, you're a legend in that franchise. Like you've been there the whole time you won cups there. You're on your last year deal. I mean, it's his own fault. They didn't negotiate a no trade clause, I guess, but, uh, it sucks. I get it. Like that it must, it must sting, especially for them not to like talk to you to kind of just spring it on you. I imagine that he was put in that because the cap is my guess for that. Yeah. Like he has a decently high cap hit that I think it's like just under $6 million. Yeah. He's like five, five to six, somewhere in there. Right. So I assume they did that to make it work with Gavrikov and um, Corpus Allo coming back the move itself. It's good for the Kings. I don't think Corpus Allo is that good. I think he's like he's he's an upgrade on what they have currently, right? But I like I don't think he's like a world beat or anything, but the Kings are so desperate to hold on to all their prospects. It feels like that they wouldn't like take a bigger swing for a better goalie, aka Thatcher Demko, right? Like the if they went to the Canucks, we're like, we'll give you Byfield and uh to like a, a solid defensive prospect and a first would be like, maybe the Canucks would do it. Give me but, Brant Clark, baby. I know yeah. he's an untouchable, but please yeah, give right? me Brant Clark. <laughs> like if you really want a number one goalie, if you think you're right, but they're like, no, we'll go with Corpus Allo, who is a mid tier goalie. I think like he's, he's fine. You can win with Corpus Allo. I think if your mm-hmm. team's good enough, right. He's that kind of goalie. Um, he's the Trent Dilfer of goalies. You know, it's like if the rest of the team is good, he won't fuck it up for yeah. you. Um, so I like that Gavrikov's a decent kind of middle-ish pairing D-man. I don't think Gavrikov's that good. I didn't get the whole hype around him. I, I think, think he's, he's just, decent. I heard a lot of people call him like a bootleg Slavin. Just he's bigger and he controls the neutral zone very well. So he like his uh, his gap control is really good and all that. And he's very good shut down, but he's not going to impress you with points. Yeah, so, like he's he's fine. That's why the the like I mean, for a starting goalie and a top four defenseman, you gave up a first round pick and a third round pick. That's not a lot. That means no. like the the market softened. Either way, the best part about this trade is that Quick ended up in Vegas, right? Because they're starting Aiden Hill right now, who's looked pretty good as their the fourth fourth goalie they've started this year. Because uh, Leonard's out, so that was your one. Then Brassot went out; he was your two. Thompson's out; he was your three. I think Aiden Hill's their four. There yeah, might be I mean, I mean third goalie they've played because Leonard didn't even play this year. But, like, yeah. was supposed to play. You know what I mean? Like, organizationally, yeah. he was your one. And then now you bring in Quick, who has a shot to, like, while Thompson's out, take over the starters' reins. If He he played decent in his first game. I thought he was – I watched the highlights and the goals against, and they weren't bad goals. Um, so, yeah, maybe. I would – I yeah, I'm praying for a first-round matchup, Kings and Knights, and that – Quick has to start because Thompson's still hurt or plays badly or something. Like it's game seven and he quick has to come in and he shuts the door and the Knights beat the Kings in game seven. I think it would be fantastic. It'd be hilarious. But um, yeah, it sucks for the player. At the end of the day, you know, that's that's the business, right? The business. You don't have a clause in your contract to stop a trade. And they're like, well, you've been bad. So we yeah. what do you want us to hold on to you to make and we can't make this trade because you you used to be good and we're trying to like not hurt your feelings for two months <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so i get it it sucks though but the ultimate thing will be in fact that john quick gets to we'll call him john wick and he'll come back and the queue is silent <laughs> yeah 
very 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 soft very yeah. soft yeah um no but i i think like la i understand from both sides like quick side of like being frustrated but like la needs they like he needs to improve his team la needs to improve and corpus Salo is a very good solid goalie i on top of their game, everyone on top of their game, I think I kind of relate their goaltending to maybe a Toronto type where, like, there's no real 1A, but, like, they're both two, like, decent goalies who can maybe share the net to a few rounds kind of thing. Um, but there's no real, like, Shesterkin or... Um, like, Gorgiev, like, Vasilevsky. There's no, like... So solid number one. Um, how dare yeah, you? Can... How dare you put Georgiev in that sentence? I'm just you thinking with Colorado, with Colorado and like stuff like that. He's a fine goalie. He's not that. Um, good. it's like but, but uh, do you say he's worse than Corpusalo? I said he's like Corpusalo. They're in the same <laughs> tier to me. I think he might be a tier above Corpusalo. I think but... I think Georgiev might be a little bit. Maybe he right. like, maybe like he plays Gorgiev, in Colorado. Gorgiev is like the B, at like the start of the B tier, and like Corpusal is like kind of like at the end of the B tier, B tier, or near near end of B, top of C. Yeah, but nonetheless, useless argument we're having. Argument's um, <laughs> useless. Uh, we're gonna go I to think. another one. Uh, Boston just keeps adding to their team. The greatest uh, team uh, in NHL history. They acquired Tyler Bertuzzi from the Detroit Woo! Red Wings for a 2024 first, 2025 fourth. That's mm-hmm. fucking um, huge. Just for UFA. Fucking unbelievable. Bertuzzi is common. He scored 30 goals last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he isn't obviously playing up to that this year. He's hurt for a while. Uh, think, right? Yeah, he was playing with some injuries and up and down performances kind of thing. But I mean, in the limited role in Boston, it's like, holy shit. Well, they're just, they're obviously going all in, but this move just makes their team more playoff ready, which is scary. Zero weaknesses in any part of that lineup. Yeah. Like there's not a single, you don't, you can't look at that roster and there's no like, well, maybe I would, <laughs> you know what I mean? I get all three tiers can score. Yep, like they can roll out offense, defense, goalie. That's right. That's my <laughs> yeah. baby. Linus Olmark, everybody. That's a hundred points for me. That was a hundred points for that goal. God uh, damn. That's right. Yeah. It's rare, and that's why it's so valuable. But fuck, Bertuzzi gonna play, I don't know, on it the second or third line somewhere in their top. I don't know what I don't think they know exactly where they're gonna put him yet. I think they're just gonna try and see what works. But amazing. The Orlov move. So good. I know. Like, I don't know how you, like the NHL, the Stanley Cup's the hardest trophy to win in pro sports. To go through the rounds you have to do in hockey is insane. Mm -hmm. So anything could happen. I get it. Right. But going into the playoffs, how, how do you pick any other team to like, to win the cup? Or even like to get to the Stanley Cup final, like out of the East, who, you can maybe say Tampa because experience and blah, 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 blah. But 
like, I don't, you need, Tampa would have to have Vasilevsky stand on his head. The Rangers yeah. would have to have Shesterkin stand on his head. The Leafs would have to have Matt Murray. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the Leafs have to just Ilya have Samsonov, them somehow. Right? Yeah. Uh, so it's that thing of just, man, it's, I, I love it. I love that they were like, screw it. We know, we, we know that Bergeron and Krejci might not come back next year. They're old. We're we're crushing it this year. We're on a record-setting pace. Let's just already push set records. It all in, and just yeah. say let's do it. Let's go for it. And I love it. I love it. I don't even hate the Bruins anymore because so much time has passed. There's no one left from the Canucks <laughs> that was on that team. The only people left from the Bruins is Marshawn, and I don't even hate him anymore. Now he's just funny most of the time. I love him on Twitter. He's ripping into people, yeah, he's being a sassy little bitch constantly. It's hilarious. He's yeah. still good. Bergeron's like, you, I never hated him. Class no. act all the way through. Krejci minds his own business and just puts up points. And everybody I've else never heard, I've never isn't heard on that team like, anymore. I've never heard one word out of that guy's mouth, Krejci. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what he sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest I don't think he's ever done an interview. No, uh, never. The biggest shit talker was Chara, and he's not even there anymore obviously. that big dumb fucks dead or something <laughs> <laughs> probably soon his body's too big to live a long life <laughs> jesus christ no, that guy's 100%. a fitness freak though he's i don't care crazy. he's dead within 10 years for sure those old and like, we like to say in this part of the podcast we do not condone anything Corey latondra says about <laughs> i didn't say i wish he was dead i said he will be dead because his body's too big you look at like look at Andre the Giant. Giant died so young, way bigger than Chara, obviously. But when you get those big freaks, they die early. Your body's too big, and yeah. the professional sports, his joints, his bones, his body hates him. See, you said you he's wish, a liar and a bad guy. You say you uh, you haven't wished he died, yeah. But you also say you don't hope that he lives. So I don't care if he dies. <laughs> I don't know him. What are you talking about? I don't care. Yeah, but, most people. I mean, die. wishing ill or like hoping hoping that uh you know stuff i'm not actively wishing for his demise i'm just saying i think it'll happen sooner than later and i won't lose any sleep over it that's like calling the the queen death i mean she obviously was 107 years old (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i could have told you that she would die soon too (laughs) (laughs) and that again it would not matter to me hot fair enough what do you guys think about king charles though i think that's the pod we need to be doing oh that everyone declined to go to is like his sweet uh, little coronation yeah mm-hmm. um we're go. gonna continue with the trade talk carolina kind of deepened their defensive core got, uh, brought in shane goss to spare from the arizona coyotes for a 2026 third nothing groundbreaking but i think I'm very underwhelmed with what Carolina did at the deadline for Cowards. all it's for how much the Devils went in, the Bruins. Rangers went in, and obviously the, the Bruins Lightning. went in. Lightning getting Janone and then completely drumming Stillman to the ground. Um, but Shane Goss bear, he's had a very solid year in Arizona. Kind of helps out that that decor a little bit. What are your guys' thoughts on the trade? Solid power play guy, not yeah. great five on five. You know, he's a bottom pairing five on five defenseman, but a guy who you can put on power play one if you want. Yeah, he's 
probably their their best offensive defenseman at this point. Like maybe um, Pesci or Shea. Maybe. Maybe. I think I think Ghost is but a better is like probably, power play defenseman. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like it fills a need for them, I think, because their the all, their whole decor is sort of just like okay yeah. offensively. There's nobody, they're just great defensively. But I'm disappointed in Carolina. It's like it's like do something. Yeah. Like push. Like this is a team that is built to win right now. So push it all in. Yeah. And 100%. try to win right now. It's it's stuff like it's yeah. I hate. I love how the Bruins did it. I love that the Rangers thought like I think we can compete right now. Let's go for it. Let's bring in Tarasenko and Kane. And. The the hurricanes were like, we could get a maybe a discount bargain bin defenseman and he'll help our power play. I'm like, yeah, that's probably it though, right? Just like wringing their hands, holding their little purse so tight. Yeah. You're like, just open it up. Yeah. Open it up and make a trade, guys. Everybody, like the, the hurricanes could be the second best team in the East. Like yeah. they could like just sell a farm. Go for it. Why like what do you what do you have to lose? Do you want, like, if that team gets knocked out in the first round this year, what a fucking waste. I know. I know. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I said that last time about, like, they should have made an attack on JT Miller because he kind of fits their window of, like, win now and mm-hmm. their, like, their window is opening up, has been open for a few years, but it's still going to be open for, like, three I years. think three to four years down the road, and I think JT Miller can help that. He plays that physical style that they need, and he's good on power play, whatever. I think he would have helped them out a ton. Just give us Sebastian Ajo back, and we're fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, no, no? Okay. Uh, no, but I, I, they needed to do more than just get a... They needed an impact piece. Yeah, and they just didn't get that. They just got a packed piece. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Miller would have been great for them. And I don't know whether the Canucks would or take back or whatever, but if... Get caught Kikiniemi and Scott Morrow and call it a day. No picks. Canucks yeah. get a defensive prospect and a guy who could maybe be a second line center, but has been underwhelming. But it's yeah. kind of a project, but you save yourself four million basically dollars. Everybody wins in that scenario, I think. Yeah. But nope, <laughs> not doing it. It's like we still have his cap hit and you don't have an impact player. <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like- <laughs> Everybody loses. Everyone's happy. Let's all go home the bar light yeah. come back up like in hayden's room just now yeah <laughs> that's Time. so weird that's so weird that you just, we just got that. out of dreamland yeah <laughs> and you're looking around and you're like oh yes i'm going home alone right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, the pittsburgh sad. penguins did not trade for jt miller after all the smoke in the air about a potential move happening patrick way Elvin. better players saying hearing that he turned down a uh, a trade package from Pittsburgh, but I'm also hearing Sarah Valley say that like Pittsburgh was never in on JT Miller and that Canucks were actually shopping JT Miller. I'm hearing fucking all sorts of rumors about this bullshit hypothetical trade that never happened. But nonetheless, Pittsburgh went a different route trading for Michael Granlund and giving up a 2023 second round piece. I think Nashville wins this trade. I don't think Granville, Gran, Granville, Granland is anything groundbreaking. Granville's not that great either. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, I don't think Granland's going to push necessarily reopen that window for Pittsburgh. 
Uh, I just think it's kind of a blood trade, but Nashville comes out on the better end because they pointed themselves in a direction and went fucking balls to the wall with it. Acquiring picks, giving up on aging players, aging players, just like players that like not going to be a part of their new future. He's 28, right? 29. But Granlund? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking like, like Ekholm and all that. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. they're aging, uh, like need Past need a rider. Yeah, so... I like this trade for Nashville. What do you guys think? I think it's good. I like I you can't really find a, a fault, so to say, but it's just a solid trade. I like what Nashville did at the deadline because that was a team that looked at itself and said they've been trying to compete for the last like six years and it just hasn't worked. They're kind of that middling, maybe they're a bubble team. And nobody like why would you want to be a bubble team? So they looked and they said, these are our, these are our big guys here. Let's, let's get rid of them. Let's keep some youth. Let's get some picks. Let's, and Hey, let's kind of rebuild this thing on the fly. They still have some like older in their prime kind of players, right? UC Soros, you've got Ryan Johansson, you've got Matt Duchesne, you've got Roman Josie. So they're not going to go full rebuild, but you can always find a 28, 29, 30 year old on the market or from a team if you want. Like yeah. it's not pieces that are in short supply. So I love what they did. I don't understand. I think Pittsburgh got left with their pants around their ankles a little bit. We're probably in on some pieces trying to get some players and then had to settle for Nick Bonino and Mikhail Granlund. Yeah. And who's the defenseman they brought in? I know they gave up McGinn, but I can't remember. They brought in three pieces and the defenseman they brought in was also not good. Like it was another older, like, like, why would you bring him in? I can't remember either uh, way. It was all see. very like just moves that you look at and you're like, this is not what is going to push the penguins over the edge, you know? Yeah. Cause like it's I, just sort of. Cause I also thought that um, Pittsburgh worked for uh, JT Miller. If they really wanted to kind of, get one last shot at it miller can kind of dimitri kulikov that's what it was yeah i Um, think i think jt miller could have worked with Pitt because you can kind of slide him him anywhere and he can maybe help with crosby malkin whatever and if you want to put malcolm with crosby for a bit you could slide miller to the center spot if you need him for a little bit but you could put him on the wing with one of those guys 100 percent. i'm with you the penguins are a team that you obviously are like, you're in full win now mode. You re-signed yeah. Latang. You have Crosby who's still performing. Malcolm can st- Malcolm's still performing, but they're old. So you're like, well, let's, let's try and win one this year or next year. And then when we're going to have to tear, that team's going to suck oh for God, a long yeah. time, right? Like yeah. <laughs> it's going to take them at least five years to get back into any sort of relevancy. Once Crosby loses a step or retires, and same and like and Latang, yeah. right? And then Malcolm, you have three guys that are all 35 years old, <laughs> you know. So you they're like, well, they're still playing at a high level now. Go all in, but it's like the best you could do was Granlin, Bonino, and Kulikov. Kulikov sucks. Yeah, like he's a bottom pairing, like a six-seven guy at this point in his career. Bonino is a I don't even know what Nick Bonino is at this point. <laughs> yeah, he goes on your either. third line, I guess, maybe your fourth. I don't know. And yeah. then Granlin's like a middle six guy who's still decent, but still has term left and money. So why would you? Eh, I don't know. I, but uh, on that note, 
I, uh, I do got to get going here, fellas. I'm sorry to cut it short. I would like to say one thing, because I know you guys will probably get to the NFL after. Uh, Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets? Is that what's going to happen? Is yeah, that, I saw what, that. That's the way we're trending here. I think Aaron Rodgers on the Jets is a better situation than when Brett Favre went to the Jets. I love that that's how this is all going to unfold, by the way. That it's like a mirrored fucking path, just parallel yeah. <laughs> roads for Favre and Rodgers. But I think that the wide receivers in New York have so much potential and they're not just all rookies, which, which will be a plus for him. Like Garrett Wilson's legit and mm-hmm. depends who else they keep on that team and who would have to come back in a trade. I don't know what the Packers want, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Great. Brees Hall, fantastic running back. Um, the O-line, good enough, right? <laughs> Spend a little bit, yeah, do some stuff, Mechie. if you trade for Rodgers, let's kind of buff that up a little bit. And their defense is solid too. They play in a tough division, but I think that's a decent spot for Rodgers, and uh, I don't think he's going to come back to the Packers, and I'm excited for what Jordan Love can do for my franchise going forward. Or Zach Wilson, because they might he might come back in the trade. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want Zach Wilson trying to sleep with my coach's wife. <laughs> <laughs> you would definitely cuck LaFleur. That's a fact. Oh, yeah. I could see LaFleur being so a big handsome, cut though. Guy. Yeah. It's exactly no, why he would be a yeah. cut guy. He's yeah. not Rob Ryan or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, Lafleur's <laughs> like, oh, whatever, have her. I'll find a new one. Yeah, he's <laughs> kissing himself in the mirror. He's a pretty yeah. boy. <laughs> uh, Holy fuck! Corey, thanks for coming on, buddy. That's much appreciated for your limited time. Uh, Corey underscore Latandre or whatever uh, on me. all platforms. Perfect. Whoop. Thank find you so me. much. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Uh, yeah, oh, nailed it. Kim Possible, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> have a Say nice ha- time. <laughs> Say hi to Dell from the left side, heavy boys. Bye, Bellas. Love you. Yeah. Deuce. Love you. <laughs> All right. Hey. For him to end the call yeah, back. no, seriously. It's like it's very <laughs> awkward. Uh, <laughs> I got a, I got a couple more things I want to point out on the Canucks end. Uh, All righty. Uh, first of all, that Toronto Maple Leafs game. Holy shit. Uh, we talked about it for a little bit, but I know we need to lose. I know we need to tank. But if there's ever one game to fuck that all up, beating the, beating Leafs, the Leafs is a good, um, what's the word, uh, exchange, I guess. Um, good sacrifice. I don't know. But um, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, monumental moments in that game. Uh, two shorthanded goals on the same fucking power play. Uh, Patterson giving JT Miller a goal. JT Miller giving Patterson a goal, and then absolutely eating the post for dinner. Uh, it was a solid, solid, very exciting game to watch. Uh, what was going through your uh your bloodstreams when watching watching that game, or at least following it? Uh, I mean, to start the day, uh. Fantasy wise, I was like, I was already winning my matchup. So my whole thought was not a big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. <laughs> but my whole thought process going into it was like, damn, it's the Leafs. And Demko's kind of looked a little bit shaky, but this was the fucking Thatcher Demko game. Yeah. That we have all known and come to love. Uh, unfortunately, didn't play him. Picked up Jordan Bennington, who unfortunately got me four points and. Demko got me twenty, but I mean, like I like I said, I won, and now I know like Demko's back, you know, and that's scary for us because we need to lose. But like like you said, there's ever a game to win. It's against the Leafs. Fuck Toronto, and 
yeah, when you can watch your players perform and it have to all just come in motion and unison, you're like, maybe a retool works. Yeah. But <laughs> then at the same time, you're like, this isn't a retool. This is just fucked. <laughs> like, I know. We we were playing with house money. Uh, we gave it all on the table, and it was it was a great game. Yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic. Um, Ryan we were O'Reilly. to have it at four p.m. in the Pacific, though. Oh no, it's you got to cater to Toronto media and fans and stuff like that. It's I'm not, so I'm not, fucking stupid. Yeah, it's always at four o'clock. It's kind of fucking bullshit, but whatever. It is what it is. It's fine. Um, Canucks beat the Predators 5-4 in a shootout the following game. Uh, actually, wait, what I was saying, uh, Ryan O'Reilly broke his finger. He's on the LTIR. Um, he blocked an Austin <laughs> Matthews shot against the Canucks. Uh, a little friendly fire there. Uh, broke his finger, had surgery today. He's going to be out four to six weeks. He'll be back before playoffs. Uh, very tough go for the boy there. But uh, next game, Canucks loo- uh, beat um da, 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 Nashville in a shootout 4-3. This one was the mo- very memorable monumental game for a couple Canucks players. Uh Tyler Myers, uh the big old fucking giraffe that can't stay on his feet. He uh he clipped the 900 game milestone. Uh congratulations to Mizey and uh, Elias Patterson with an absolute fucking snipe show it was more snipe than a snipe he is he be with that goal he became the second fastest canuck to 300 points in franchise history doing it in 306 games i didn't even know he was that close to a point per game in his career since being drafted um he is the first to 300 points from the 2017 draft class Oh, no, not bad deal. Um, <laughs> but Arthur Silovs, as we were t- kind of texting earlier, that guy's slowly become coming into his own as an NHL goalie. He's looking quick. I don't know what it is with Vancouver and finding these diamond in the rough goalies, but we somehow do it all the time. Or at least we get our hopes up for about half a season, bring them up to the roster, and then they suck ass. But <laughs> um, I think Silovs, he has a lot of raw talent. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to take him about three years to get that NHL, um, like readiness. Yeah, that mm-hmm. game solidified um, for him to be a true NHL caliber goalie. But overall, everything I just kind of spewed at you, Alpha Big Alpha Getty Soup. Um, what are your thoughts on that hit? Well. <sighs> I mean, you kind of put it perfectly. Like that's that's what's so good about you. I don't really have to talk a lot about everything because you hit all my points. We talk about this shit all the time, and you bounce opinions off me. I bounce opinions off you. So the only thing that I can really say is EP40, amazing. Absolutely going to be the captain next year. And the way he plays expensive. Yes, but you years. know what? Let's look at him as the long-term solution to this yeah. team. No, hundred percent. He he is playing with so much more uh, tenacity, 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 Ten- tenacity. Yeah, tenacity. Uh, 
and he's playing like a true captain. He's being that that piece that we're obviously looking for. We can give him all his flowers like we do. And like we were saying, new up and coming goalie. Yeah, he let in three shots, but I mean, like I uh, like we were texting. I saw his highlights and holy fucking shit. Like he is quick. He's absurdly quick between the pipes and he like his eye tracking towards the puck and hand-eye coordination is on another level. Yeah. Like he'll need to obviously be battle tested, put through the ringer a little bit, you know, have one of those seven goal against games that everyone just loves, but he'll, he'll come to, I think he, he can come to, a great spot with us and be Demko's backup. Like I saying that after one game is giving a lot of flowers, but I mean, when you look at <laughs> the Canucks have played in net this year, you're like, anyone could be his backup. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm surprised. I, uh, I wasn't, I'm surprised. I wasn't called up to the fucking team with the goals we had. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, it's like, Oh, What's Jevin LaFave doing? Did he did he ever play goalie? Yeah, he played goalie in like street hockey. Mini Mama. hockey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put me between put me behind a two foot by two foot net. I'll show you what I can do. All yeah. right. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, yeah. Um, so that's a little bit on the tidbits on the Canucks. Uh not much happened around the league. Um but we'll Crosby uh, scored an OT winner for you, by the way. Oh, <laughs> let's go. Off of a beautiful play. I just saw oh. a highlight of it. So let me see the all stat line. Uh oh, yeah. Kyrie assists have him on my bench, naturally. Yeah. Jay Theodore scored for me too. Okay. Evgeny Malkin, three assists. Is that good? I don't know. <laughs> Crosby, golden golden two assists. How are you? Oh my god, Jay Gensel, that's a goal as well. Uh, Dylan Cousins, goal, Braden Point assist. The boys had a decent day today, could have been worse, could have been better. Yeah, I had uh, Brandon Hagel finally get an assist for me on my bench. As you know, I was like, ah, I think Couture will have a better game than him. Yeah, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Couture's in the negative. Yeah, I sat. Val Nachushkin for Evgeny Malkin, and Nachushkin has two assists after the first. Big risk, though. He's playing Colorado's it playing is a San risk. Jose. It is a risk. Like, I, I was like, Colorado's playing San Jose, but, like, if anyone's going to lay a stinker on my team, it's going to be Nachushkin. He's, like, kind of caps out at two points, whatever. Malkin's playing Columbus. I'm going to risk it so far right now. Not paying. He's pretty good. Um, Jari should get that overtime. Oh no, he got fucking yanked. Yeah, Jesus, Tristan Jari, you sieve. Yeah, I think he allowed like three goals on eight shots or something like that. Uh, try four. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Kicking the fucking dick. But all right, enough about my fantasy team, dude. I'm on a. I'm ice cold right now. In yeah, fantasy. you are. I've lost like four, five out of my last six weeks. It's been, yeah, it's it's been pretty brutal for you. It has not been smooth sailing for your boy. 
<laughs> but hopefully we can get back on the W train. But well, it's fine because every time you lose, Duncan does as well. So that's yo. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. The fact that Brendan's like just crushed him. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the thing is though, is like Duncan abs like Brent. I played Brendan, and Brendan's one of the losses that I'm talking about. Brendan absolutely (laughs) man handled me. Yep. And then the next week, I look, he has 215 points by Sunday. I'm like, bro, where the (laughs) fuck was that? And like Mind you, that same week is when I clipped 500 points. Like, my team is just, like, my team had a a day and a, my team had a week. Like, they were Mm -hmm. on fire. The next week, flatline. I just do nothing. Then following week, I'm playing Duncan. I score the second most points that week. Duncan scores the most. I'm like, bro, (laughs) come on. It just happens. The next week. (laughs) Duncan has like 300 points by Sunday and I have like 350 and then I lose by a hundred and Keanu just has an absolute week as well. Like I'm just getting brutal matchups where it's like a team Absolutely. Just, just goes off for no fucking reason. And my team is just like out for a Sunday skate. And I'm like, <laughs> so frustrating, man. Fantasy, bro. Love it's, it. It's honestly like a thing where it's like the top half of, Points should get a point, bottom half shouldn't, because matchup base is so frustrating because you can't play defense in fantasy. It's only offense. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh well, I mean you can, right? With we have block shots. No. Yeah. Yeah. But like, (laughs) but like the thing is, is like there's nothing you can do about it. It's that's true. Draft a better team and sit the right players. Yeah, but you can't look into the like I'll play Crosby over Kyber all day, but if Crosby gets minus two and Kyber gets a hat trick, it's like, well, fuck. No one in their right mind would like. It's fantasy, man. Everyone listening, if you play fantasy, you understand. But Hayden, let's uh, let's kick it over to you. Um, for some NFL updates, yes, people. NFL updates. The NFL has been going banana lands the past few days, and. Something big in Hayden's life has happened, and I can't really put a finger on it, but um, we're going to talk about it now. So, Hayden, take it away with some NFL updates. Some NFL updates. You uh, you said that perfectly because we have – hold on. Let me just fucking pull it up. Oh, okay, and I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Yeah, there it is. Okay. I'm losing it. So, last couple of fucking days have uh, kind of been a little bit crazy for the NFL. Free agency hasn't started uh, officially, but um, teams are expected to sign, uh, terms agreed, yada yada, whatever you want to call it, uh, and roster cuts. So, we'll start off, we'll save, we'll save the very good news for last for me. If you want to call it that, um, the Seahawks signed Geno Smith three years, a hundred million, a hundred and five million dollars, 35 average. Uh, I think this just shows Seahawks got their guy. Yurt. And after last year, I mean, you'd kind of really be dumb to not pay Geno. Uh, if you, even if he is a stopgap, getting him at 35 average. 
after all of the quarterback deals that have been done, I would take Geno Smith <laughs> for that little like period, maybe draft a quarterback, you know, this year with a, with the ninth or whatever they have the from Denver. So Jeff, what do you feel about Geno? I think it's, I think it's the right price and fair price for a player like Gino. He led the league in completion percentage. He was fourth in passing touchdowns with 40. And with on a team that had little to no expectations last year and carried them to a playoff, he won comeback player of the year. He made the Pro Bowl roster without filling in for a replacement. He legit made that team. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about the NFC QBs, but he still made that team over the likes of Tom Brady and etc. Geno Smith fully fucking deserved this contract. And if I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm really happy because a guy like Geno Smith being your being in your guy after that season, Seahawks again, they're not gonna have that much expectations going into next year they're still probably not going to be in a position where we're going to push all in. Like they're a team that was like the New Jersey devils. It's like, we're just going to ride this high, see how we finish and then maybe reassess in the off season. And I think signing Geno Smith to this contract is very fair. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, yeah, I, I really like the deal for both sides. I think this just shows in a direction of where the Seahawks are going to go in the draft. Probably a lot of defense and offensive line, something that they'd never give Russell Wilson because fuck, <laughs> fuck him. But I I like it. I like the move. You got to be happy, like you said, if you are a Seahawks fan. Uh, so Ian, don't don't post your like feelings about it too much, please. Okay, calm down. <laughs> Uh, but moving on from what I think would be a good contract to, uh, a bad contract, uh, maybe it, it's such a high risk, but the giants have signed Danny dimes, uh, four year, one sixty mil, forty dollars, uh, 40 million average with 35 million to be had in incentives. That is, that is quite literally betting on Danny dimes. And uh, for the most part, hasn't really worked out. <laughs> We've only seen one season of Danny Dimes. And I mean, like, if you're a Giants fan, you've got to be skeptic, right? Like, there's no way of looking at this as a pessimist or an optimist. It's just looking at it as it is. Because 100%. to go along with that, you franchise tag Saquon. So that basically extends this out into a year. Yeah. I, with this situation, it's like, I think there's like, it's not a coincidence that um, Danny Dimes has a career year, the same year Josh Allen has a down year. And the common denominator is Brian Dable. Brian Dable being the offensive coordinator for Buffalo, leaving Buffalo, going to New York as a head coach, coaching over having kind of semi-control of that offense, overlooking Danny Dimes, and he has a great year. 
uh, or for him at least. Yeah. Uh, he threw for just over 3,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. But the one thing I think stood out to me the most was like, he was the most turnover prone quarterback in the league. And he only threw five interceptions last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely am going to need to see more from him in the following seasons. Minimum 28 touchdown passes a year if he's making that kind of money. And minimum 4,000 yards. I can't, I, I don't want to pay a quarterback $40 million to have the stat lines he's having consistently. Um, I think it's very important for New York to now go out and get some weapons, maybe send a flyer for D hop to try and pay off that contract that you just gave Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. give him a weapons besides Slayton to throw to. Um, and I just think it's very important for that, but yep. it, I like the relationship Daniel Jones has built with Dable. I think it's very important for his career, but I'm still very skeptical on the contract itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, you're you're we'll not see. wrong, and like the the Giants are expected to release a handful of receivers. Um, yeah. they really like Hodgins. Yeah, and I mean, you can't really trust a wide receiver on that team because the same way you can't trust Saquon at the five yard line. It's going to just be Danny Dimes. Like, that's how it is. That's how their scoring, their short scoring offense is. So you give them a number one like D-Hop. I don't see D-Hop's production going up. I see it going way down. I I agree. But at least it opens up the field. Yeah. So with that, uh, we move on to a big franchise tag. uh, But not a franchise tag, so to say, more or less for Baltimore. Uh, if you give them two first round picks and a pretty much a guaranteed contract, you can get Lamar Jackson. Now, mm-hmm. the Ravens are obviously playing so much hardball, and there's a lot of talk and chatter going around that owners are pissed giving a quarterback like Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract, which I mean, <laughs> I, I would hate to as I would hate to give a fully guaranteed contract as well, because if he shits the bed, he shits the bed and you're stuck with the bag. But is Lamar Jackson worth it? People will say yes. Cause he won an MVP. But there's a difference between one and MVP, and he's an MVP quarterback. Um, like, uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> like, I, I, I don't think he's worth a fully guaranteed contract. It's such a risk because of the type of offense he plays in, it's not very obviously sought around in the whole NHL or NFL to be uh, that play style. So it's going to be hard to see what other team he could go on and really be (laughs) that big of a part in an offense because we haven't seen his passing game, you know? And it's also like he hasn't been the most healthy 
over the past couple of years. Like, why would you want to give a $270 million contract to a quarterback that there's a decent chance he only plays 10 to 13 games in a season out of 17? It's like, yep, I don't want to do that. And for a guy who already has a skeptical passing game, say what you want about the receivers, I'm on, I've, eaten my words about saying Lamar's overrated because of his passing game, whatever he's shown to me that a lot of his receivers have fucked him over, but also it's still like he's some of his quarterback discipline is lost sometimes. Yep. And it's a huge risk paying a quarterback like that. Right. Um, Absolutely. It's like giving life insurance to a stunt double. It's like, (laughs) no, it's like, I don't know if I want to give a fully guaranteed contract to a guy who clips a thousand yards rushing every year because there's a decent chance he tears his ACL, uh, sprains an ankle, whatever. And obviously those can happen to anyone. Yes. Just unfortunate timings that could happen. I don't really like the idea of fully guaranteed contracts. Patrick Mahomes didn't get a fully guaranteed contract. Yeah, um, then that should tell you something. But yeah, I, and just because Lamar Jackson's like, well, Deshaun got one, I want one. Well, it doesn't mean Deshaun Watson earned he earns a full he earned a full guaranteed contract as well. He just yeah, Browns are fucking idiots. Yeah, Browns so, the, the Browns organization is fucking stupid. Like, which is why I respect the Ravens doing what they did and giving him a non-exclusive tag as opposed mm-hmm. to a franchise tag. Um, giving the option of Lamar to shop himself to other teams, and yep. then they can maybe take two first round picks, kind of like an offer sheet style. Exactly. Uh, which I like the play the Ravens did. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, with that, we'll have to see where Lamar Jackson goes. But the surprising part is a lot of teams that you'd think would be in on Lamar Jackson are suddenly pulling away maybe because the Ravens are basically saying, yeah, he wants a fully guaranteed contract and isn't going to take anything out of it. And if that's the way he's going to play and a lot of these owners aren't fucking idiots, they're going to realize like, yeah, we're not going to pay you that. Plus you don't have an agent. So you're working on your own lines here, which is a lot harder to do. So he's going to be a Baltimore Raven this year. Uh, I can probably be like 95% sure unless you know the Jets don't get Rodgers and they're like fuck it Robert Sala is the truth Zach Wilson see you later (laughs) so we'll have to see exactly what comes to it but as of right now Lamar Jackson will be a Baltimore Raven next year yeah I agree uh so moving on to some releasing news the Bucks uh are releasing Donovan Smith and potentially more on the defense. Uh, that's huge. Donovan Smith kind of getting into a uh, liability range. And the big name on D is Devin White. Uh, some cryptic posts on Instagram have been made. And what a hypocritical piece of shit Devin White is. Uh, you will not be missing the NFC South if you're gone. I didn't uh, see what happened. What did what did he do or say? He n- not only did he like talk a bunch of shit when like just Michael Thomas was going through his whole 
fucking injury shit. But then he was like saying how cryptic being cryptic on like social media is just such a pussy boy move. And then he goes on and posts a picture of him basically say like peace out Tampa or peace out Florida. And it's like, well, what could that mean? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, unless he's working out or doing so, it's just the crypticness of it. And that's what like just sets a lot of people off because it's like, man, you clowned so many people for doing this and now you're doing it. Just, just crazy. Oh, also Bucks released Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I um, I kind of understand that he's kind of slowing down and didn't really show much last year. Yeah, Rashad White season. Baby. Yeah, I think Rashad White looked a lot more electrifying, and Absolutely. I think it's just the Bucks need to turn a new leaf. I think, I think they're going about this the right way. Yep. Release, trade as many pieces as you can, and just. Makes me think that Mike Evans might be gone or Chris Godwin might be gone. Yeah. Yeah. So they're probably going to eat it for a year, but at least, at least that's the direction that they're going. Yeah. And it's showing like, yeah, we're going to try and get as much out of this as we can, because we know that next year, maybe going for Caleb Williams uh, will be the play. And in which case I will be absolutely uh, infuriated. (laughs) Yeah. But at least it's one more season of beating the Ducks, uh, Bucks. So, fuck, I'm really on my NHL shit right now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, Dolphins have released Byron Jones. Wow. That surprises me. That surprised me as well because I don't think they should have done that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't think it was on the smarter part to do that for sure. And now it's a big question of like Byron Jones is going to be a huge name in free agency. Yeah. So that, that will be, that will be interesting. Uh, the chiefs are expected to release Frank Clark and Orlando Brown. Yeah. That's uh, I guess it's just like you need to change a certain percent of your roster each year. Um, I think it's getting to a point of age and money, guaranteed money, um, needing to make a decision. Um, I think they can probably find um feasible assets to replace them for cheaper. Um Frank Clark will be uh easy. Orlando Brown won't be easy. No, it won't be easy for sure, but um yeah, I think it just money's is huge. Maybe they release him, resign him for cheaper or whatever. I don't know the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I kind of understand maybe splitting up with them. I'm not so much surprised about Frank Clark, but maybe a little bit about Orlando Brown. But yeah, they can't come to a deal. Yeah, I'd say top ten tackle in the league. Yeah, so might want to protect Mahomes. Uh. <laughs> The Titans uh, are expected to move on from King Henry. What is going on in Tennessee? I like this move. I like it too. I'm, I I kind of knew that it was coming. Although it could be coming uh, after they released Taylor the one. Because it just kind of shows that their window's closed. <laughs> I just think. 
I, I'll be honest, I never saw it open. Maybe cracked open to like get the air moving inside, but like I never saw a window open for them to win a title. Um, and I think you gotta, I don't think Henry's value is gonna be any higher. Try and trade him for anything you can now yep. and rebuild this puppy because nothing on the Titans roster scares me. No, besides, Henry. besides Derek Henry, yeah. They also uh, released Bud Dupree. Uh, that's going to be a big defensive name. So the Titans, probably after this season or maybe even this season, uh, might move on from Tannehill. Yeah. Which, like, I'll eat, I'll eat my mouth or I'll eat my shit that I've uh, kind of sprayed with how I thought Tannehill was. Uh, definitely like a flash in the pan. One hit wonder, whatever you want to call it. He's not he's not gonna take someone to the promised land. Derrick Henry will take a team to the promised land. And I think that was where my window for them was was just can they ride the high off of Derrick Henry? Mm-hmm. And they couldn't. Yeah. Flat out. So I just don't think they never had enough and like, I just, if one thing was really good, then one thing, like, teetered it to, like, I don't know. Like, when their offense was good, I just don't think their defense was good enough. If their de- defense was decent, then, like, their offense was never really, like, scary. And exactly. I just think you got to either find a balance or, well, yeah, I just think you got to find a balance or have one that's like so incredibly OP that it just can't be stopped. Like the Chiefs this year, their defense wasn't anything crazy, but when you got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, it's like any, and they had a bunch of B receivers. Like that's a high flying offense enough for it to be scary, where like Kelsey can, a scary tight end to me is like more dangerous than a, like, a running scary. back like Derrick Henry kind of thing. Like, I don't know. It's just like I'm more scared of Kelsey than Henry. And so Tennessee never really had a roster built where it's like it never really worked at the same time. Yeah, I agree. I just never thought they were going anywhere. So I think they need to completely tear this down and rebuild everything from the same starting point. So that it's all working together. Maybe just get stopgap quarterbacks until you find your guy, but build everything up. Fill in this quarterback to two, three year deals until you're ready to get your fucking maybe buy Tannehill out, sign someone for three years, sign Wentz for two years, and then draft a rookie when your team's kind of on the come up again or some shit. Yeah, I agree. There, yeah. it, there's going to be a lot of pieces for Tennessee to, to really move because nothing's desirable, uh, in my eyes. <laughs> like I can't even think of their starting corner. Yeah. Uh oh, the guy that got injured, the rookie this year, they drafted him, but he tore his ACL against Buffalo. I forget it. <laughs> Clearly not uh 
not remember. Now it's going to piss me off. I have to look at it. Um, Titans rookie cornerback Caleb Farley. Yes. I God don't know damn. why, but like JC Horn came to my mind, but I was like Panthers, Panthers, but that's Panthers. He just yeah. kept coming back to me. I was like, I don't know why I keep thinking of him for some fucking reason. <laughs> but just wanted to. But yeah, uh, with that, we'll move on to the last two pieces of news real quick. NFL reinstates Calvin Ridley. Uh, hope you learned your Huge gambling lesson. Move. <laughs> Holy fuck, Jacksonville is actually gonna be fucking legit next year. Yeah, they got Calvin Ridley for such a such a bargain. And he's one of the most dynamic receivers in the league. The way he can possession and deep threat. Yeah, it's just like yeah. that's a guy I wanted the Patriots to go after so fucking badly because he would be huge for Mac Jones. I like man. The oh, way yeah. Christian Kirk has turned the narrative around from like a huge overpayment to like almost a fucking bargain with the way underpay, yeah. It's like you got Kirk and now you got fucking Calvin Ridley on the other side. And now you have all this flexibility to see like, yo, Trevor Lawrence is coming to his own with Doug Peterson coaching him. Mm-hmm. This like I just see the flower blooming now with Jacksonville and they have, I honestly think like that Blake Bortles and like Jalen Ramsey run, like that was just like a, that was a flash in the pan. I think that was like like a turn Ryan Tannehill into a full team. And like, you can compare them equally. Like this, just like, this isn't, this is just a team having a good season. Like you said, flash in the pan. I don't think there are anything serious after this. I honestly think this is building. Oh yeah. What's he cooking in there? Like, that's Jacksonville, <laughs> you know? It's like, this team is going to be very exciting, and yeah, Brock Smelter has a legit hard on right now. Oh, absolutely. They're definitely going to win the AFC South next year. And, yeah, I, like, that's by, like, an easy margin. Oh, it's going to be a huge disappointment if they don't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But <clears throat> now moving on to the, to the news where... uh. I don't know how I feel. Uh, the Saints are most likely going to move on from famous Jameis. Uh, I put in parentheses after. Uh, sad. <laughs> Hall of Famer Jameis Winston. Uh, let me just rewrite the tape on that. <laughs> I said Hall of Famer with Sean Payton. It's literally in my notes. <laughs> uh, so Donald, every time he says that, it's like, I'll give him his 20 fucking dollars, but at the same time, like, what was the bet? I said that Jameis Winston could be a top five quarterback with Sean Payton. Okay. I I still believe that. I still think that, like, everyone's saying, like, Sean Payton's going to fix Russell Wilson. Give Sean Payton a full season with Jameis Winston and only Winston. No Taysom Hill bullshit. And I think Jameis Winston can have a great year. Can have a great, like, tenure but uh and who knows if that Devin White play against New Orleans never happened who knows Jameis yeah. doesn't tear his ACL no questions are written off about you know this year and then he even injured himself this year you know and 
Well, he didn't injure himself, but he got injured. And then they were like, yeah, let's actually roll with the fucking redhead. <sighs> I said no the one ever. red rifle. God damn it. But with that, um, Derek Carr is now a New Orleans Saint. And um, honestly, I'm, I'm going to give myself props here. I think I phrased this perfectly when Kyler commented on uh, the IG post uh, that we posted. Mm-hmm. I don't think Derek Carr is the answer, but I don't think he's going to be the reason we lose games. He's never had a top 20 defense. Uh, he has 20th. He's never had a top 19 defense or better. The Saints defense has been top 10 the past four years and nothing's changing. Like DeMario Davis uh, was restructured. Cam Jordan was restructured. Uh, Tyron Matthew is a thing. Marshawn Lattimore, all the rookie cornerbacks. And then Caden Ellis was like a, a big no name that turned into a name last year. And Pete Werner. Like there's so many names on the defense uh, that can be so good. Defensive line, other than Jordan's, a little bit shaky. But you give Derek Carr uh, a four-year contract, 150 mil, 100 mil guaranteed. I love that. (laughs) Seeing as where the quarterbacks have been paid, the fact that I got or we got Carr underneath Danny Dimes, I think right then and there is a steal. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. For the same amount of term, too. Yeah. And like this move, it seems like this was the right move because um Michael Thomas uh right after that happened, he said thank you Jesus on Twitter. So <laughs> I think he's happy about it. Yeah. And I think he's willing to restructure his contract now, which means that he'll probably be getting paid I don't know, 10 mil a year now. You got to after what you've done for New Orleans. And last thing I'll say, Derek Carr's birthday. Out of all the days in the world, can you guess when is Derek Carr's birthday? Out of all the days? Out of all the days. And I'm only bringing this up because it's such a prominent day. (laughs) Especially for Saints fans. Is it like the day the pass interference happened or some shit? It's March 28th. (laughs) Think about it. What number of the month is March? Four. Third. Third. 28 to three. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's destiny. It's absolutely destiny. And yeah, a quarterback coming off of some down years with um, two boys and one girl. I don't know if you know this fairy tale, but that was Drew Brees uh, 20 years ago. So I'm not saying Derek Carr is going to be the next Drew Brees, but I mean, you are saying you can almost spell Drew with Derek and. Like, come on, Car yeah. Breeze. I, there's too many similarities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the only really big question now is Alvin Kamara, which I guess I can bring up as well. His court date, 
uh, is July in July. July 31st. Yeah, uh, right in the middle of training camp, so perfectly. Right when everything looks like it's going to be fine, he'll be sentenced to two years in Nevada prison. So, yeah. But what do you think about the sign? I think it's like, it's for $100 million guaranteed, it's still like a risk with how he finished his stint in Vegas. But I think a fresh start can really help a lot with him. He had to deal with a lot of bullshit in Vegas, Mm -hmm. um, trying to keep that team's morale high and everything. And it must have been mentally exhausting for him and like draining. So I think this new start in New Orleans, I mean, now that he's hopping into a fucking Alvin Kamara hotspot, but it's not as prominent and like dwindling as what he had to deal with in Vegas with Gruden, Ruggs, etc. Yep. Um, so I think this can really do a lot for him. And if you can just like solidify that wide receiving group just a little bit, make sure Thomas is like actually going to fucking come back and like commit to being on this team. And then maybe adding just some more depth pieces here and there. I think it can really do a lot for you guys. And I think you can really not just like win the South, but like solidify yourself as a playoff contender. Cause I think Carr can be a quarterback to at least drive a team to that title. I don't know about winning a Super Bowl. But at least drive the team to a, a playoff spot, a playoff spot, and like compete in the playoffs to maybe find themselves in the deeper rounds. I so, think so too. I think so too. I think like the way that the Saints have had it the past couple of years has just been terrible injury luck. And no one cannot tell me that Michael Thomas for the first three games last year was not the Michael Thomas of old, like six catches, uh, average 50 to a hundred yards receiving, uh, and three touchdowns, two of them in a miraculous comeback against Atlanta that I will never forget because at the start of the day, Donald was telling me AJ Terrell's never allowed a touchdown. And then AJ Terrell allowed two touchdowns against Michael Thomas. It just like, that is the type of shit that, Oh, and he didn't run one slant. So everyone can fuck off. (laughs) He didn't run a slant for a whole year. No, but just things like that really get my mind stirring. And they're like, wow, we actually have a competent quarterback now. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't pull a Vancouver Canucks situation and pay way over or do something that we shouldn't have. And obviously now this means, uh, like I said, Jameis Winston, cap casualty. See you later, bud. Uh, I don't think anyone's trading for you, unfortunately. Or else maybe Tampa. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm. I'm excited. Uh, and also uh, the first round of the draft. Uh, if we get Bijan Robinson, that's sick. <laughs> yeah, it'd be dope. Or we get like the Tennessee or Texas running back uh, who I've seen uh, lately of just, he's so shifty. Uh, people are saying he's the second best running back in this draft. And 
the way that it's going, obviously not a lot of people are drafting running backs. So yeah, there's now a whole lot of upside to this year. Yeah. Derek Carr immediately became the best quarterback in his division. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so which sorry to say isn't hard to do. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It literally was not hard to do. You could have taken like a one-legged Aaron Rodgers and still said better than Sam Darnold, Kyle Trask, and Desmond Ritter. Yeah. So no, yeah, hundred percent. Is that all? Is that all you got? That's all I have for football. And uh, I think that's everything I got to say. Um, very, uh, very exciting sports right now. Um, getting close to playoff hockey in the NHL. Got about eighteen games left until probably one of the more exciting starts of the uh, NHL playoffs. We'll see in a while with the way that Eastern Conference is built. Um, NFL, there's a lot of moving pieces, uh, and reports came out. Tom Brady denied all the rumors of him coming back. <laughs> so, uh, he will not be involved in the whole QB carousel that happens every single year, but, um, lots of franchise tags. Will Lamar go? I think a lot of those answers will be, uh, a lot of those questions will be answered. So it's going to be exciting. But next uh, week, uh, the season officially starts. Yeah. And as we've learned over the years, there's no real NFL offseason because everything, there's always something happening, always something to talk about. But Hayd, where can the people find you? We're going to, we're going to check out of episode 151 at Hayden underscore Barton on Instagram and Twitter and on TikTok at HBart13. You can follow me on on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave, on Twitter at Jevin Lefave. Make sure you guys follow the show, Left Side Heavy, underscore on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Like all the posts, tweets, whatever. It really helps grow the show. Share. Tell your friends about us. Uh, we'd really much appreciate it. Um, subscribe to the YouTube, Left Side Heavy. Uh, that would be awesome. But, hey, great episode. Um, we will see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.